Welcome everyone to Plant Profits. I am your host, Vern Davis. Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. I am absolutely excited. I have a friend here on the show, Mr. Brad Natras. Brad is the CEO of Urban Grow and chairman of Urban Grow. And Brad and I have known each other for a couple years and uh Look, he's got a lot going on. I'm going to give you guys a chance to really kind of understand how a real CEO just transforms the business, and he's been doing it a lot. Brad, welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me, bud. Absolutely. 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 Man, I tell you, a couple years ago to now, your business is dramatically different. Tell me about that evolution. It all really started with uplisting to the NASDAQ. Okay. And, uh, you know, a big, huge financial raise, $62 million. That, yeah. that was February of 21. Okay. And that's when, you know, my team and I were able to really open our wings and start executing yes. on the vision that we had laid out, yeah. but didn't have the working capital to, to fulfill that mm-hmm. vision. So starting in uh, February that year, we, you know, we were very, very consistent during the road show when we were raising money uh, with the investment bank, we had 55 presentations, and, and I'm really proud of that. Wow. We were consistent from there to today, right. current day, and that is our goal is to be the leading provider of professional services and design, build solutions in the global controlled environment ag marketplace, regardless okay. of the crop. Of course, you know, we're born and raised mm-hmm. in, the, in the cannabis space, right. but regardless of the crop. And so and you're true to that mission. And we're true to that mission. We've remained true to that, even with right. the latest acquisition. Yeah. So we put an M&A plan together to acquire a profitable, accretive, synergistic right. acquisitions of service companies that really fit in with our culture and allowed us to offer more and offer really comes down to offering value to our clients. Mm-hmm. And if we have something that can provide value to them, and, and provide a service that makes them better and more efficient, they're going to engage with us and we'll fill absolutely. that demand. Uh, absolutely. I mean, and just talk about the acquisition. So uh, Brad and his company, you guys over at Urban Grow, you're buying some of the highest skilled labor available in the United States economy, right? Yeah. I mean, you're buying architects, uh, designers, engineers, engineers Right, you're you're buying people who build things, who design things, who think differently, uh, especially differently than a guy like me. So, uh, so just tell me what that means to what you're trying to do. Where you know it's turned out that the yeah. companies that we've acquired yeah. were all entrepreneurs, just like me. Okay. You know, uh-huh. I'm an entrepreneur. I built Urban Grow and sold it to a public entity, more uh-huh. or less. Right. Uh-huh. Urban Grow on the, uh-huh. on the NASDAQ. They've done the same thing. And, and so what, what I underappreciated at the time, especially in the first acquisition, is they are, they are wired, not tired. You know, they're okay. joining Urban Grow uh-huh. not to retire. Right. They're, growing, they're joining Urban Grow to be a part of something bigger. To do what you did when you joined the NASDAQ. Exactly. Yeah. And, and to grow and, and <clears throat> follow the trajectory. And, and really, so all of these acquisitions are client First focus. Okay. All of these acquisitions, <laughs> all of these acquisitions have one thing in common: they're all focused on their clients. Okay. And providing an elite, you know, experience. 
But another piece that, that we underestimated with that first, you've had Sam Andrus on, the, on yes. the show before. Right. And Sam was the managing partner of 2WR and MJ12, the right. architect firms that we acquired first. Right. Well, what I did not see at the time but have been very thankful since, every acquisition that we've made since has been referred by Sam. So he got brought into the company, loves it, loved the culture, and said, hey, and he wants to make it better every here's day. a world-class engineering yeah. firm. Here's a world-class design-build firm. I love and that. And so we've acquired the, these companies. So that's great. No, not a lot of expenses tied to those acquisitions. Right. And uh, a lot of really, you know, welcome to our family, hand-holding, because these are individuals that have built a business. They don't want uh, um, to be pressured. Right. They want to want to be a part of us. And so it's really worked well. With 100, 150 employees now. Wow. Uh, 150, 150 employees now? It's like 40 when we all yeah, Exactly. I remember. Yep. I, I, I definitely remember. Now, so 150 employees, it's just, that, that is just mind-boggling. And talented, right? Horticulturists. Exactly. Talented, architects, engineers, construction individuals. Man, I tell you what. So you're, you're, you're building this thing, but... Talk about the diversity of the type of work. It's not just CEA. Talk about the diversity of the type of work you're involved in and, and that how you're utilizing this diverse group of talented people. It's really what has propelled Urban Grow during yeah. a difficult time in the cannabis sector. Okay. You know, our sector diversification yeah. is, is really a, becoming a very big, large key point of differentiation yeah. on Urban Grow. So when we acquired these companies, they had contracts in other sectors. So we, we focus on CEA, which is cannabis and food. Mm -hmm. And then we focus on non-CEA, which we refer to as commercial, mm -hmm. which is industrial, education, and healthcare. Right. And so, for example, Emerald Construction Management has worked with a global leading consumer packaged goods beverage company. Yes, they have. For the last um, 15 years. And so with this acquisition and the, and the strength of Urban Grow's balance sheet, right. uh, approximately $19 million cash, no debt, right. we can fund or we can bond numerous projects at the same time and much larger projects. Mm -hmm. And so that side of the business, profitable contracts, it keeps everyone engaged from mm -hmm. a construction, construction standpoint. Mm -hmm. We're able now to integrate engineering in and mm -hmm. architecture in. Right. And so those contracts... Are, are really giving us strength in a, in a difficult time in the cannabis space. And, uh, you know, we, we are in absolute 100% growth mode. You know, there is, we, we made some reductions uh, of staff mm -hmm. about six months ago, but that was mostly tied to, you know, fitting that, into our new business model. Yeah, exactly. But we've, <clears throat> we've hired probably 15 more apart from acquisitions uh -huh. than, than the 10 people that unfortunately... Um, that we had to um, reduce at, at the time. Mm -hmm. And we have 20 open positions right now. So we yeah. have full-on growth mode Absolutely. in the cannabis segment because of this diversification. Yeah, I think that is that is so smart. You're taking the technology and the skill set that these folks, these talented folks are bringing, and you're acquiring folks that actually have clients that will allow you to diversify immediately in your business, in your business model. Mm -hmm. Now, you just had a uh, Q3. Mm -hmm. Q3 earnings report, right? So tell me about preparing for this report versus some others. Oh, much, much better. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, we had seven 
seven quarters in a row of positive adjusted EBITDA. Right. We're on the NASDAQ. Everything was fantastic. And then what I'll refer to as the cannabis winner yeah. hit. And so it was Q2 this year. It was our first negative adjusted EBITDA quarter. We lost about a half million dollars. Mm -hmm. I can, that was fine. I can uh, attribute that to investing in Europe, mm -hmm. hiring aggressively in, in Europe. Mm -hmm. But then uh, it, it really hit in Q3. And so we felt it was our, our duty to let the markets know. We pulled our full year guidance. We just guided on the third quarter, which we knew was our trough quarter. Mm -hmm. But the market didn't know that. And so when we guided, that was our uh, Q2 earnings call, and we guided on Q3. Oh, it's terrible. It's just, and I take it really personal. I feel like I'm letting these people down that believed in me, believed in my team, believed in our company. Right. And uh, it, was, it was really hard. The, the Q2 report? Yeah. The Q2 report because yeah. we gave guidance on Q3. Q3, yeah. So then what we were able to do uh, on, on November 10th is show that the guidance we gave for Q3, we actually exceeded. Ah, you outperformed it. it. Yes, That's you right. did. So we reduced it, yeah. but we beat it. Right. But moreover, our backlog grew to $67 million. Yeah. And $67 million, that, you know, it depends whether it's equipment or services or design build. Mm -hmm. And each varies in, in timeline, but that will be recognized over three to 24 months. Mm -hmm. So that felt so good. Look, you know, you believed in us. We're here. Right. We have the backlog. We're going the right way. How was it received? Very well. Uh, the analysts that cover Urban Grow, right. after the earnings calls, mm -hmm. we have uh, calls with, with each of the analysts. Right. And uh, they were, because of the trends in the industry, not expecting us to exceed or sign that amount. That, business. You know, that I mean, $67 million dollars in backlog of businesses. That's right. That's a hell of a pipeline. If you look at the other ancillary cannabis companies, you know, right. because of the winter and they're selling products, they're selling equipment systems. Yes. There's There's... There's nothing that can be done if if states are delaying awarding licenses. That's right. And the all, all of the macroeconomic pressures right now, mm -hmm. you you can't force that. You just have to wait. And so for Urban Grow, every division of the company has been extremely productive and efficient, except equipment sales or equipment integration. So we've been we have a couple dozen projects right now in the cannabis segment, mm -hmm. architecture, engineering, cultivation, design. Right. But then when they get to the to the point where all install right, the equipment, yeah, it's time yeah. to no, it's time to purchase the equipment. It's time to choose our design build partner. Right, they're stopping because their funding sources need to make sure they have that license first. Got it. Cash yeah. Too. So we've been busy on the design. It's uh -huh. just the integration of equipment, and you know the numbers. If you look at the first nine months of this year of twenty two versus twenty one, our equipment sales are down. Uh, 38 million to 30 million, more or less, right? Okay. So down about 20%. But if you just look at Q3, down 77%, around 16 million down to 4 million. Okay. So that really, you know, I made an emphasis on that. Uh -huh. That is, that's the only reason that we had a, a down quarter, a mm -hmm. trough quarter. But now we have a lot of momentum going into Q4. It's going to carry into a 23. Right. We're aggressively hiring. We're spending yeah. money to hire. Yeah. Hiring uh, leading search firms so we can acquire strong talent. Right. And still looking at uh, executing our M&A strategy as well. You're still looking. I no, mean, absolutely. you just closed something yeah. two Mondays ago. You know. It's our second this year, <laughs> engineering you know, company. Yeah. It's so it's for for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. If our demand's there, yeah, and we know it's coming, yeah, then we have to make sure we're, we scale up so we can we can handle and supply that demand for our clients. Now, yeah. 
the good news is from the cannabis standpoint, we have all, we're, all of our employees are engaged right now, fully build out and we're aggressively hiring. And that's on the commercial side, mm -hmm. cannabis design, and then uh, also uh, healthcare and education. When cannabis recovers, the market, and I, I expect it to be probably around mid to late Q2. Mm -hmm. We're going to be ready. We're going to be staffed. You're going to be We're staffed. We're going to have our team ready. That's right. And to move very, very fast. And as 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 New Jersey and, and New York and Maryland, Maryland. and Missouri and yeah. even Florida works itself out with new licenses, we're already working with the clients. We'll be ready to You'll be ready to go? Fast. No, no. I think that's great. So the, the other question I had was, you know, with all of this growth and scaling you're doing, what kind of stress has it put on your talent? That's a, that's a great question, Bernie. Yeah. So culture is very, very important to me. Uh -huh. uh, I spent a decade with the egg giant Cargill, and, yeah. and I took away culture, culture, culture okay. at, at, at Cargill. Okay. And so I've tried to build an environment where people feel a part of something larger. Mm -hmm. When we win, we all win together. Mm -hmm. um, our employees, most all of the employees have stock options mm -hmm. or, um, or stock units mm -hmm. that vest. And we try and do that every year as yeah. well, uh -huh. keep them engaged. So when our stock's going up, it's not mm -hmm. just a portion of the company cheering. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's everyone cheering. And so I That's important. That's so important, Brad. It, it is. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I can count. You know, probably on one hand, more or less the people that have left over the last nine years. So I, I feel that's working. And it hasn't been easy all the time. So I feel that they're, they're willing to really drive in because they know they're supported at all levels of yeah. uh, the company. And um, they know that, that we will find relief for that pressure. Mm -hmm. And hiring JT Archer as EVP Business Ops, right. that, was, that was my move to start relieving that pressure, finding someone who has the skill set and knowledge to set up our company so it's scalable. That's so important. The hardest part when you have really talented mm -hmm. artists, right? Engineers, right. architects, construction designers, artists, right. horticulturists, is to, um, the most important part is you can't scale one person. And, and it's so hard, right? Because you have so many brilliant minds working with us, like the Sam Andrews. Like right. I told you about. Yeah. And make sure we have other people around Sam. Right. So we can go from, you know, 26 million last year to hundreds of millions in, in years out front. Uh, that's not official, uh, <laughs> 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 official guidance or anything, right? No, no. But we have to make sure we can scale. We're building a company that can operate in our two segments globally. Right. And so it's, it becomes about uh, the initiative and the vision, moreover than one individual. So, and it becomes much more difficult when you're acquiring, right? You're plugging, you're bolting on these engineering and, and architecture and design firms, and they all have their culture. Yeah, yeah, and then you, you, you got to somehow make it urban grow. So how are you dealing with that? So we're very fortunate that uh -huh. each of these groups that we've acquired are entrepreneur-led organizations, right? So right. they have that fire. They want yes. to be great. They want to be better. However, we are hiring a vice president of growth, mm -hmm. uh, growth, integration, and culture. It's an individual that we haven't hired yet, but we're mm -hmm. interviewing an individual that's worked in other industries with companies similar to Urban Grow. That have scaled. That have scaled. Yeah. And, and help, you know. Whether it's just 
being in one of our eight offices every two, three, four months, right? right. Communicating the message out, getting feedback on what needs to be better. Yeah. Sort of the voice within the company. I'm really excited about this role. It's 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 gonna it's what you need because it's gonna help you transform. Yeah. It's gonna help you transform. And what it will do, for sure it will build a roadmap to so it's 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 not an accident. Right? It's yeah. you know how to do it. This is something we've done before. This is how we do it. And you bring that, and that becomes part of your culture. And I think that's, I think that's a very smart move on your part to, 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 to make that happen now. No matter how much you try, Bert, no matter how much, sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry I cut you off. No, it's good. <laughs> so, no matter yeah. how much we try mm -hmm. to make everyone happy and be proactive, right, and integrate a company in, yeah. there's still uh, just one or two things culturally each time we're like, oh, oh. God. How do we not think of that? Right. right. Like, yes. Like Urban Grow's going with a a priority brand strategy. Urban Grow. Right. Right. And even more so reduced to uh, well, have it right here. Oh, I love that. You, you, I've been you, looking at right? that pen. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll give you I, I, I didn't see that. Yeah. yeah. But it's even <laughs> even one step. Yeah. UG, right. Not right. Urban Grow. So instead of having uh, DVO, mm -hmm. Emerald, Two WR, all of these company names. Right. We're going to have, eventually, you, you keep a logo, and then you drop it after a year. And then it's just mm -hmm. urban growth architecture, urban growth engineering. Right. And I think Does that's, keeping the name help you transition in the marketplace? Keeping the name for, for a year? one to two years, uh, yes, it does. I, I thought it would. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. But it's, if, in the long run, the mm -hmm. cost savings, as opposed to working with a family of brands, right. we save about $300,000 per year per company. Don't have to run their own website, their own email, their own social, oh, yeah. their own branding oh, yeah. campaigns, Become right? One. You got to do one. that. Yeah. You're right. You so I'm, I'm really excited about that. But um, it's it's just all about now communicating inside. Yeah. And marketing internally mm -hmm. is just as important as communicating and marketing the brand externally as well. Yeah. Let's talk about MJ Biz, right? 2022 here in Vegas. So you're here. Did you bring other folks with you? We have approximately 35. Here, 35. Uh, 35. 35. Year, yeah. So what's the plan? How do you how do you how do you go back and I know your CFO Dick? How do you go back and you say, Dick, we gotta do it again next year the same way? <laughs> it's a lot easier after uh, with 67 million of backlog, right? Yeah. But you know, this 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 event has been very important to Urban Grow for I think this is our eighth consecutive year. Yeah. We started at the Rio, you know, just a small little booth. But Early on, early stages of the mm -hmm. cannabis industry and evolution in the U.S., uh, remember people didn't like, they were whispering cannabis. And so these shows were the event where everyone could be themselves. Right. You, you could meet other clients. You could meet potential vendor partners here. And so as, as it's evolved, you know, this is now sort of like the Super Bowl of the, of the cannabis right. industry. Right. It's the biggest cannabis trade show in the world. It is. Yeah. And... We're in Europe right now. Mm -hmm. It's where the U.S. was seven years ago. We're going to yeah. as many trade shows as we can to meet the people that are right. whispering cannabis, yeah. right? But in North America, we've we've focused more on having a bigger presence at the larger shows okay. as opposed to attending fifty right. you know, shows right. shows in a year. Totally so, get that. Yeah. So for us um, now, from a CFO standpoint, mm -hmm. I look at it this way. I better start that one over, right? Because I'm not the CFO. <laughs> I like to spend money. <laughs> so 
okay. Don't don't look like that. All right. <laughs> so from a financial standpoint, yeah, we have our booth, and we didn't go crazy this year on the booth. We, okay. we cut down our booth. Yeah. Save a couple hundred thousand dollars. I, yeah. I think that's that's a fiscally responsible move. And of I think a, that's cool of, of yeah. our of our C team. Yeah. However, we also rented a twelve hundred square foot meeting room five minutes from our booth. So and it's and it's packed. Uh -huh. So what the goal of this show is during during the daylight hours is bring clients in and have architects, engineers, construction management individual, horticulturists, mm -hmm. everyone in that room for that one or two hour meeting. Mm -hmm. We're saving probably ten to fifteen thousand dollars a meeting because we're not having to fly our all all of our employees out to the client. Yeah, that's great. So yeah. so we packed that room. Uh-huh. And, and we have got meetings and meetings, 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 meetings. Yeah, nonstop and there's a chance for the client to see everyone. So right. from from Dick, our CFO standpoint, uh -huh. you know, that checks a bunch of boxes. Right. right? It's like travel expense that we do. I think that is, that is interesting. I can see now and, and I, I love MJ Biz and, and I love to go see these booths and then to see what's happening in the industry. It's an education. Right. And that is great. But I can see if I was running a company how um I would definitely have meetings because you got a captive audience. Yep. You got everybody you want to do business with in one yeah. place, right? Or some representative such, mm -hmm. right? So I would do that. And then maybe, and then I'd do that party you do, right? Yeah, well, and, and, and celebrate and then do more business than the party, right? So I can see how your relationship with MJ Biz can change. Yeah, and that, yeah. that party, that network networking event. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. we'll, have, we'll have 400, 500 people. I know. Uh, we're co-sponsoring this year. We brought on a, a vendor partner of ours, Fluence. Okay. Uh, the LED lighting company. Uh-huh. So it's going to be a great event to, um, you know, it, it's especially after the pandemic, it's so important to see people face-to-face. -face, yes. To uh, and enjoy a drink together, to enjoy food together, right. get to know them personally because people like to do do business with people they like. Absolutely. It, it, no doubt. It is so important. So I, no I love that event mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, one other piece that I think is important mentioning about, about the MJ Biz is I have my sales engineers here as well. And those sales engineers are out on the floor looking for new technology, yes. new vendor partners. Because uh -huh. if, our, if our clients are going to look at Urban Grow as that single point of responsibility for their projects. Right. We want to also make sure we're bringing cutting-edge technology, anything that can make their operations more efficient, and anything that can just help them get to market quicker. Yes. We, we become a valued partner. So you, you want to go from ideation oh, to finished product? We've uh, started a think team internally uh -huh. focused on uh, energy. And it doesn't really, you know, it's not really on the cannabis side initially today, but Europe right now, just in individual households, their energy bills are up 5x. Okay. And food, greenhouse uh, production in Europe right now, there's a lot of employees being furloughed and they're selling those energy contracts because they're making a lot more money selling the energy contract. Right. But there gets that, the, the price of produce or vegetables gets to a certain point and the, and the the public's just not going to buy them anymore. So it's, it's a serious issue right now. So the more that we can look at how we can help our clients, you know, this is more on the food side. Mm -hmm. For example, build a vertical farm beside a hospital. Use the waste heat from a facility that's running 24-7 and turn it into energy. 
you know, those sort of ideas. That is terrific. We've got a great board. Yeah. Um, Sonia Lowe, um, her background uh -huh. is two plus decades of CEA, predominantly on the food side, but we've got a, a lot of brain power. Oh, and, that's and great. now we're putting think teams together mm -hmm. to, 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 to help clients more. We, we, we have to do everything that we can to ensure, number one, the clients have a phenomenal experience with Urban Grow each and every time. And number two, we, I just do not want to build a company where we build something and we're done. Right? We need that recurring side. We need to have long-term value for our clients. So that's what we're focused on right now for I, 2023. I, I think it's, that is so well said. Brad, man, I really appreciate you coming and having Thank this chat with us. Me. Absolutely. CEO of Urban Grow, Brad Naturis, Chairman of Urban Grow, Brad Naturis. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global. You can get Plant Profits anywhere you get your podcast. Check us out. Download us. Give us a five-star. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.